Just Imagine, a podcast series by Imagine Theatre. Hello again, Happy New Year to you and welcome to episode 45 of this series with me, Martin Ballard, as Imagine Theatre enters another busy end of season debrief, forward planning and admin period. For more information, go to their website at www.imaginetheatre.co.uk. Now, if you missed any of the previous episodes, you can still check them out. We've had some fabulous guests so far, from directors and choreographers to lighting designers and some of the stars of Imagine Theatre shows. We've talked about how Pantomime is produced, its history and its future. And there are many more episodes to come because Imagine is one of the UK's biggest producers of pantomime and children's theatre. Now, if you remember, before Christmas, we ended the calendar year talking to Vernon Kay with the panto season in full swing. It was another highly successful season for Imagine, with almost half a million audience members watching 21 productions across England, Scotland and Wales. But inevitably, each season poses its own challenges. And you might be thinking now that everybody can put their feet up until next Christmas. <laughs> I can tell you far from it. So let's find out about the season and what the priorities are for the company at the start of 2023 with Managing Director Steve Bowden and his wife, Business and Marketing Director Sarah Bowden. Happy New Year, first of all. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Hi, Martin. Good to see you. Steve, tell us a bit about last season. It was the biggest leap of faith the company's ever had with six brand new venues. How did it go? Wow, you're absolutely right. It went very well. It wasn't without its challenges, but what was fantastic was that in all the venues we achieved achieved a full presentation of pantomime, the likes that we haven't achieved since 2019. So it was just a really rewarding experience to go through. And we did it. We're here on the other side of it <laughs> and we're able to talk about it. Yeah, and the number crunching has already been done, Sarah. Some of these figures are incredible. Yeah, it was really interesting. When you put on a season like we've just put on, you, you forget about the, the detail that sits behind and, and 476,886 people watched one of our shows. I mean, that's It blows our minds. When we started this company with literally nothing, to be then presenting a figure like that just completely blows us away. We're so, so lucky. I mean, there are so many other firsts as well. There'll be lots of young performers, for instance, who have never done professional panto before because, you know, after three years without uh, a junior ensemble, uh, the kids were back. That's right. The last time that we had children in the pantos was in 2019. Our panto season closed on, remember it as clear as day, on the 5th of January 2020. We never dreamt it would take until the end of November 2022 to see children performing back on stage in our shows. That's only six weeks short of three years it took to get children back. It was wonderful. We had 399 young people performing in our shows. And I hope each and every one of them went away with a really positive experience, learning about themselves as much as about the, the, the medium of performing on, on stage. Um, and that's why it's so important we get children in shows. They learn about themselves, they develop, they, they just take so much away from it. But yeah, we were thrilled that children were back. It was hard in 2021 putting on Panto without children. Um, but it was the right thing for the pandemic. But now we're back and they're there. <laughs> and as well as that, of course, many first time performers straight out of drama school who may have done, you know, pantos in a junior ensemble previously or in amateur pantos. But this was their first professional experience. Again, absolutely. It's, we always think it's great to take 
young people and slightly older people, depending upon when they've joined the profession and give them their first opportunity to perform. We know there was a huge number of people made their professional debuts this season. Um, we don't have the exact number, but that's something we actually want to try and find out because we said in-house, we'd love to know how many people made their professional debuts with us this Christmas. Um, that's a real blessing to be given that honour to give somebody their first job. And as well as obviously managing director of the company, Steve, you, you direct the Hexagon, uh, which I saw fabulous panto again this year. What was it like for you directing a panto again with a junior ensemble? It was a so rewarding experience. What you mentioned about, you know, giving a lot of uh, junior ensemble their first professional debut. One of the lads who uh, used to be in our junior ensemble is now graduating this year and was in the Reading Panto. And they were, used to appear in it and I was directing them 10 years ago. And that is an amazing experience. But that is the power of panto. And as Sarah said, if we don't have these children experiencing professional pantomime and professional theatre, how are we ever going to get them into the industry further down the line? These experiences are so important. And this was the first year as well, I think. Um, song sheet returned with uh, you know young members of the audience up on stage it's exactly right and that's another moment that people cherish uh, we all have memories of going to see the panto and watching children go up on the stage at the end and lots of children look forward to that opportunity so to be able to bring that back was really special now a lot of people might be thinking well everybody's been vaccinated now um we're out of covid you know <laughs> stupidly so everything must be all right i mean forget covid <laughs> i mean illness in general is rife and you hear about in the news every day how did your pantos cope you know we we coped and what was interesting is that we were all a bit on edge as to how we would react when we got our first covid case and actually reassuringly it happened in the reading rehearsal period and i was the first one to witness one of our cast members come down with covid and as the regulations suggest if that person isn't ill and there's no compulsory testing, then you can't stop them from coming in. So we all sat down as a company with the theatre staff and ourselves and said, this is where we are. How do people feel? And we collectively put some mitigation measures in place, but carried on. And that was the most important thing. Mm. Once we'd got over that COVID issue, then yes, there were other illnesses, but everybody just coped as we always have done. And you just enhance the cleaning regime and enhance the self-care. And I think that's what we've learned we've learned how to live with these sort of illnesses and and we carried on yeah one thing's for sure sarah we thought didn't we that you know all the plans were in place whether it be covid or any other illness you can take all the safety measures and the precautions you like you still can't stop it happening at some stage that's it once an illness gets in it gets in and sometimes it just goes through a company and that's always been the case from day day naught that's the nature of a virus um I can say that this Christmas we've had more understudies on than we've ever had. Mm. So I'm going to give a massive shout out right now to everybody who had an understudy track of any form, whether they went on or not. You are the absolute backbone of our productions and thank you. Um, understudies were, were the heroes of the day, as they always are. They're the unsung heroes. Every single member of a company is critical. But sometimes when you get that very short notice, you're on. Mm to be ready and to do that and to be ready to go on and to perform at the level that the understudies did is really something. So understudies, you are superstars. Thank you. And for those people in the audience who don't understand, they might think, oh, well, this is stupid. You know, somebody's off because they've got a cold or a cough or whatever. You know, just think about how that affects the performer because you may feel reasonably okay, but if you've got no voice or it sounds like you've got a peg on your nose, <laughs> you can't go on. It's just not giving the audience what they expect, is it? 
And that's exactly it. The illnesses that went around this year particularly affected people's voices. And there are elements that you can mitigate. We do take sick tracks, which you can, if necessary, use, although performers tend to be quite reluctant to use sick tracks, but they do exist. But you've still got all the dialogue you've got to yeah. deliver. And, and we had a lot of people who weren't really poorly in themselves, so they were physically able to be on stage, but they opened their mouths and not a sound came out. And at that point, you've got to protect the voice and you've got to look after things. So it, it's been a really interesting year of illnesses that we've never really encountered before. Voice, voice illnesses are common, but not to the, to the level we had them yeah. this year. So, Steve, given, you know, the, the issues that we mentioned with illness, the fact that you took on six more venues this year and you had junior ensemble back and everything else, are you in a better place, do you think, than you were this time last year? so much better we were reflecting how we felt at the end of panto season this year compared to last the significant difference is we were living through a panto season in 2021 where from hour to hour you didn't know what was going to happen next and you know we ended up in scotland and wales having to close pantomimes early and the mental and physical impact that had on our staff plus the staff who we were employing was enormous and as, as owners of any business you are absolutely tied into the relationships with these people and you're making really really heartbreaking and heart-wrenching decisions and that emotionally breaks you so we we all said you know we came out of the panto season last year feeling exhausted feeling unsettled theatres were still closed in Scotland and Wales up until the end of January beginning of Feb so it wasn't until Easter last year that we actually really got a grip on this season can run and let's try and run this season back up to strength and it took most of the summer to realise that that actually was potentially what we were going to be able to do without interruption and we all said we have to get one season under our belt post-Covid this has been it now we feel that we can now make headway and hopefully this will be a strong message to our industry mm. you know it, across the board theatres have seen a strong panto and christmas show season perhaps not as strong as it has been in previous years but stronger than last year and audiences coming back to see the shows and we must use that as a positive story and build on that as we head through the year yeah you mentioned the industry and um the issues you've had are not unique to imagine are they so one thing that is quite useful which a lot of people may not realize is how supportive of each other all the producers are whether it's evolution crossroads imagine or whoever you keep in touch during the panto season and support each other absolutely that's the one massive positive that's come out of covid we've all got each other's phone numbers on speed dial and panto producing is hard it's hard and and we hopefully with this podcast and some of the past episodes talking through what we do and how we do it and this episode and moving forwards we're trying to give an insight into what it's like to do what we do this might inspire a few people in the future to become producers as well which again is part of our reasoning behind the podcast series but the producers wish each other happy christmas they happy new year but also they're the only other people that understand what it's like to do this job and it's really lovely and i'm so a big shout out to all the other panto producers out there because when we when we needed each other particularly during the pandemic we were all there for each other and the support that we got from our colleagues and our friends out in the industry in the panto producing industry was second to none and um i've got the most wonderful photograph last year at the uk pantomime association awards where we all managed to meet up in person for the first time since the pandemic and literally threw our arms around each other and said we're here we did it well done that would have never happened pre-COVID. And I'd like to think that it will continue to happen because 
yes, we, of course we're competitors fine, uh, business-wise for each other, but we're also still friends as well. And I, I, I treasure that very much. Well, every cloud has a silver lining, they say, don't they? I'd like to say that, you know, now the panto season is over, I've flown out to meet you here in the Caribbean because <laughs> that's, that's where you are at the moment. Sipping cocktails. Yeah, and as you can hear, the tide gently washing on the shore. As we, no, we're not. We're actually in your headquarters in Coventry because despite what people might think, this isn't a really quiet time for you, is it? No, and it's, that's that's what we always smile at because so many people think as phantom producers, great, you've done it. You must be able to put your feet up. This is as important, this next three months, as, as doing the season itself. We're obviously doing a huge amount of debriefs with the venues because we really spend time looking at what we did, how it was received, what we can do better, what worked. Is there anything we take away from that to help us shape the following year's shows? But also the scenery, the costumes, the props, the special effects all come back they all need to be inspected they need to be put away there needs to be maintenance calls and schedules established so we know what we've got to repair or what needs replacement there's got to be planning for the new builds that we've uh, committed to baking so there's an enormous amount of um, follow-up from the season that has to happen and uh, as you can see just looking out the window there is just a huge amount of equipment that has been returned today and needs to be sorted and put away so it's a it is a busy busy period yeah, I, before Christmas we were talking about the Arctic's all lining up outside to collect sets. Now they're bringing them all back. As I walked in, somebody said to me, can you pass me that Cinderella coach? I said, that's probably a bit too heavy for me. But this is really busy for you, Sarah, isn't it? Um, you know, there's so much going on now. I mean, it is. And that that's the bit that, again, we, the reason we wanted to do this particular episode of the podcast was to take people through just what it's like after the season for us. So to contextualise, we're recording this four days after our panto season closed. So we are middle of January. We've just finished panto season. Me, to personally, as well as doing the budgets for next year and working out the spends on the shows for 2023, I'm also doing all the reconciliations and settlements for 2022. So there's a double set of figures going on. We've got wardrobe trundles being returned with thousands of costumes, all of which have got to be cleaned. Um, we've got, as you said, Martin, we've got arctic lorries coming out of our ears coming Mm -hmm. back to us because everything seems to close at once and come back at once we're doing meetings to plan cast sizes for next year sets costumes props what's going on to the production so that we can start the script writing because by the end of january we have to have locked in Mm. what the productions look like for the following year so january for us isn't rest time it's what are we doing next year what's it going to look like we send as Steve said we send the scenic artists off to make good and repair and make new we send the costume department off to make good repair and make new same with the props department we've got an administration team who's doing all the behind the scenes scheduling already for 2023 we've got an operations department that's already well in the way of not only our own shows but the ones we hire to as well so this is one of the busiest times of the year January into February we do have a quite a heavy holiday session in the middle of February when it's half term and a lot of people take February half term off but other than that we don't really get a break until April Um, so we get some lovely emails from people saying we hope you're having a nice rest (laughs) (laughs) I'd love a nice rest right now well at least you haven't got to jump in the car and go and see another panto uh, maybe for a while how many did you both see I saw 30 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how's the counselling going yeah no do you know I, the thing the thing is as I, as I often say to people is we do produce pantomime for a job but we love it mm. so we've just come back from a weekend of literally travelling the country seeing every single panto that was still open because 
we love going to see Panto. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, and that's kind of what brought Steve and I together in the first place. So if we don't get to see Panto, then it's not who we are. And you, can you, you beat 30? I can. I, I think I'm up to 36 and I've still got a couple more to come. Oh. But, you know, as Sarah says, you have to be out there. You have to see and support the industry. And it's really important that uh, we, we go into theatres we talk to theatre managers about the experience they've had working with us, but we also go and support other theatres where we don't produce and, and see generally how the marketplace for pantomime is. Pantomime is ever-evolving, and it's really nice to be able to, when you watch a panto that's not one of your own productions, to, to take stock of where they are in time, what their thoughts are, what their mantras are for putting shows on, and just, you know, assessing the industry as a whole. We talked last year, didn't we, about the drag panto. Uh, this year, another producer produced a Muslim panto for the first time. We're seeing all sorts of innovations. Is that something that's going to continue, do you think? I really think it is. And with the advent of the uh, UK Pantomime Association, which is kind of championing the way we uh, look forward and bringing, you know, voices collectively together just to examine and, and look at ensuring that this art form can carries on and, and is reflective of modern society. I think there's so many opportunities for innovation in terms of this, with the way we put casts together, in, in terms of the way we stage pantomime, in terms of the places where we put pantomime on and how we do that. So it, it is always going to evolve. And the great thing about Panto is it's done that since, that, that's why it makes it, you know, since it first came around, it continues to evolve. And being able to come together as producers, as practitioners, and have sensible discussions and just, you know, just question things that people flag and, and, and concerns that people have and, and assess the impact and how we can support and how we can do things differently is really important. And of course, we've got the MA in Panto up at Staffordshire University, which gives, a, again, another degree of legitimacy. Um, so it'll be really exciting to see how it evolves this year and into next and beyond. So what are the priorities now at this time of year, Sarah, generally? And we talked about you know debriefing on what's happened in the previous season. But in terms of, of looking ahead, what are the priorities now until maybe April? The priorities now are understanding what next season looks like and putting the, the bones together of that. It's always difficult. We need to know cast sizes, how many cast, how many ensemble, how many children, those basic things, what costumes we're using, what sets we're using. Um, initial drafts of scripts, we have a very tight deadline for initial drafts this year because we want to really get moving. The priorities are always budgets and so on because casting will start in the spring and we have to have everything ready behind the scenes. We've got a full-time member of staff just looking at getting contracts ready for the season. We've got a member of staff just planning for children's licensing and children's preparation. We've, it, it's all the behind the scenes stuff that, that we've touched upon in other podcasts, but people probably don't realise we start straight away. So our panto season closed Sunday, just gone. The following day, we had a full team meeting locking in the 2023 season. So the day after we closed, we literally were heavily into the following year. It's that quick, isn't it, Steve? But, but even before the actual season finished, you knew the titles at the venues for next year. So presumably you could have thought about where the sets might go and so on. So all that planning started even before, didn't it? It does start before that. What's interesting is once you get the shows up onto the stage and you look at the sets and you look at opportunities to reinvent, whilst you can lock down a proportion of what you're going to be doing, there's always areas where you want to have the freedom and the autonomy to make creative decisions over the course of the Christmas season and then evolve those in the spring. But we always say pantomimes take between 15 and 18 months mm. from the knowing the title to getting it all on sale. And so therefore, 
what I think we lost last year was potentially a couple of months at the start of the year to really get our heads around it. This year we're we're feeling refreshed and energised already to go, no, let's use these two months to really get a head start on the season. And then obviously once you start thinking about the sets and the costumes, then you're into cast and then the whole thing starts. It's like painting the seven bridge, isn't it? Oh, 100% is like painting the seven bridge. Yeah, it, it really is. And again, that's all down to the amazing team here at Imagine Headquarters. The team are just incredible. Each and every person that works here is an expert in their own field and we are I've said before but we are so blessed to work with people who just love what we do as much as being good at their jobs there are lists upon lists upon lists every single person in this team is a is a massive cog to make everything turn we have a team meeting at half past nine every morning which is just a chance to say hi and how are you doing but it's a really critical part of the day because it reminds everybody just what a key role they are playing within this business and every single job makes a difference yeah the administration team um, and the operations team and in fact the whole team you'll have never seen as many lists in your life and forward planning is key to all of this isn't it because the last thing you want is to come up against any unforeseen circumstances or overlook something because that could throw the whole operation into chaos Oh, completely. If we fall behind on our schedule, if we don't load a lorry on the right day or we don't pack a trundle on the right day or we don't send something out on the right day, because we've got such a small yard here, it knocks everything on. So, yeah, things have to go out on the day that they are due to go out or we've we've knocked the schedule back and it doesn't work. Or that might mean that instead of loading four lorries on one day and four the next day, the following day they've got to load five and that's a big ask mm. to get five lorries in and out of the building in the day. The expansion of this company has been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm still speechless at just what has happened. I think I've joked before, but when Steve and I sort of got together and we said, oh, it would be fun to put on some pantos. <laughs> I don't think we ever, ever, ever dreamt the opportunities that would be presented to us, but also the calibre of people we would get to work with, not just at head office because they're amazing, but across the whole spectrum of the season. Just everybody that we work with, right through from the people who do the photos and the videos at our photo shoots, through to the creative teams, through to the cast and crews and the technical... And and the suppliers and just everybody we're just completely blown away by it in terms of panto for the future do you have any targets yourself in what you want to see on a stage from an imagined show i think we're always looking at evolving technologies there's a lot of scope for bringing and connecting with audiences beyond just the auditorium itself and it's looking beyond the constraints of a proscenium theatre because performing arts is such an important part of people's well-being. It's about allowing them to connect with it but not necessarily having to pay a high price or sit in an auditorium watching something through a proscenium arch. I think there are ways that theatre can reach people and they can benefit from it beyond a theatre so for me it's about exploring that it's about exploring the technology that we can put on on stage clearly you know bringing screens into panto and, and, and pushing that forward is something that we would like to develop and the way that we can bring other technology into that you know i'm a great fan of illusions and magic I love circus. It's doing what Panto has always done. These art forms have always been included in Panto, but it's about how we can represent, re-deliver, re-challenge the audience. The audience's expectations are very different now from how they were five years ago, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and it's making sure that those expectations are satisfied. And, you know, people always say it's a lot of children's first introduction to theatre. Yes, that's very true. But we also have to remember that those children are looking at it from a completely different viewpoint to, to generations that have gone by. 
their expectations are very much geared around easy access, very clear messages, that the way that they view society and view the world is very different from how it was 10 years ago. And we have to make sure that we create these stories and that we tell these stories in a way that they will embrace, understand that it's true, that is diverse, that is accessible, and that really allows them to take what we do because they're going to be the next generation that roll it forward. And the stock of stories that we know and love continue to evolve. Uh, The stories are never quite the same. The characters are never quite the same because it evolves. But I'm wondering whether or not maybe in the next five to ten years we might see some new stories, some new tales on a pantomime stage. I would like that and I know a a lot of our uh, our colleagues in in, in panto production feel very much the same that it is always great to be able to bring new titles out Uh, and also to perhaps find titles that were told and have not been told for years, you know, Humpty Dumpty and stories like that, plus new tales uh, and making sure that the celebration, the things that people like about Panto, which is obviously the spectacle of it, the comedy, the music, are told in an accessible way. And I think more than ever that we make sure that we tell stories that people feel they can relate to. We'll follow the progress of the company throughout the next year as the countdown to Panto season 2023-24 continues. In the meantime, Steve and Sarah, thank you for talking to me. That's about it for now, though. As I said at the very beginning of this episode, there are many more fabulous guests still to come. So make sure you join me for Just Imagine episode 46. Don't forget to subscribe through your favourite podcast app, though, to make sure you don't miss out in the future. And remember, you can always check out any previous episodes that you've missed. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Just Imagine, the podcast series from Imagine Theatre. And you can find out more by going to www.imaginetheatre.co.uk.